All right, Chris. So this week or next week, I don't know when this is coming out. Next week, uh, we have we're I think we're both really excited for this new Obi Wan show um, to come yes. out on Disney Plus. Yes. Oh yeah. Honestly, it's the show I've been so far that that they've released that I'm the most excited for. There Same. is one show coming out next year that I'll probably be more excited for. I we'll wonder that what that is. <laughs> uh, but May 27th, the first episode of Obi-Wan on Disney Plus releases. And in advance of that, we wanted to go through a quick kind of expectations episode just to see what we're excited for. Um, we kind of just will list out a few things. Uh, well, in Serially Hooks fashion, are four things that we're excited for for this show. But I have a question for you first. Sure. Because I know we're coming at this with different levels of expectations. But I just want to ask you, you know nothing about what's going to come, right? Yeah. Okay. So that, because that kind of does make my top four a little bit hard. But I will, (laughs) I mean, if you're new to the podcast, A, welcome. B, Chris is basically allergic to spoilers. So he knows nothing about anything about what's going on. So any of the leaks that have come out or the trailers or the casting choices everything basically chris is coming in completely blind i hope you know that obi-wan is playing obi-wan is, is playing played, uh-huh. is played sorry oh my god <laughs> you, nice you and mcgregor i just was like wow yeah you st- you stole my you stole my joke there ah thank you but that's okay but you and mcgregor is playing obi-wan you know that at least yes. right okay good i mean because if that didn't happen if that is not happening this is a whole different conversation that would be disgraceful Right. And then you do know the director. It's going to be directed by Deborah Chow, who Mm -hmm. works wonderfully on The Mandalorian. Which has me very excited. Exactly. Actually, I have to ask you this question before we go on. Are you okay with knowing, like, not anything about the show, but potential, like, news about production? Like, how the production process has been going? Sure, that's okay. That's okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this show... um, if for anyone who's not aware, was originally conceived of as actually a movie um, in a la the Han Solo film that we did get a few years ago at this point. But along with the overall change in strategy by Disney with the, within the Star Wars universe, it was transitioned to be um, a television show, as we're about to see. But as the years have gone by, there were, of course, production issues, which kind of I don't know if it makes me nervous or not. I think it's still going to be good, but still it's something something that leaves questions. But the original, um, after the original scripts were all submitted to Kathleen Kennedy at Disney, um, apparently uh, she was unsatisfied with the scripts. So they had to bring in a new writer, a new writing team to rewrite all six scripts and start basically from scratch, which delayed the production of the show for a couple years and lo and behold or at least it delayed it until the beginning of 2021 and then we know what happened to delay it further so there's a lot of interesting production news coming out of star wars obi-wan and it you never know what leads to like a show being good or bad it are changes like this actually to the end benefit of the show or does it actually create convoluted narratives but as we go into discussing what we expect from this show it's a really interesting position for us to consider 
uh, because other sh- other movies, so we can go two different examples of Star Wars films that actually worked well or bad, would both had production issues. I feel like every Disney film had has had production issues under Star Wars. Or wait, every every Star Wars film under Disney has had production issues. Um, for example, uh, what was his name? Oh man, whoever was in, initially slated to direct Star Wars Episode Nine, who was then Colin Trevorrow, I think. Yes, Colin Trevorrow was cast out for J.J. Abrams, and we know how that ended. I was going to say just just because Kathleen Kennedy, like greenlit that movie too, so that's not. <laughs> no, no, this is I think uh, news for some level of concern. Yeah, I I think that one reason that I think it should be okay is the team is more diverse now in Disney than it used to be. I think Kathleen Kennedy still obviously sits at the top of the pyramid. But there is more creative voices influencing her as opposed to especially when the Star Wars trilogy was coming out. And the strategy that they're going with with regards to creating new Star Wars materials is a better one, I think. Instead of releasing a film every single year where you create saturation to a certain extent, I think with the malleability of television and the fact that you're able to work with different creatives along different timelines, put them in different offices and kind of bounce off each other simultaneously. I think it allows us to um, create more all at once. So I think it's a better medium for this kind of stuff. And um, I mean, the positive, for example, would be Rogue One. Rogue One also was, you know, laden with production issues similarly. And it actually worked out quite well, I'd say. So uh, there's a lot of different play uh, factors at play when we go into the show. And before we, we're not going to really discuss anything about the show um, because of spoilers. But it'll be exciting to see what we're, what's going to happen. And I guess with that said, Chris, what are you excited for? What's your top one? Or no, you don't have to rank them, obviously. But this is not going to be an honorable mention. But can I have a meta point? Sure, have ten meta points. You know me, I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hopefully finally seeing some good writing, directing, and acting with Obi-Wan played by Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that's a that's really like, good point. That's like a meta point, I know, but still. Honestly, just... though, that could be the same for like all live-action Obi-Wan. In the original trilogy, like Obi-Wan doesn't have that much to do. Yeah, but Alec Guinness is still good. I mean, yeah, I guess in terms of acting, yes, he is yeah. good. Uh, the writing, though, isn't the strength of the original Star Wars. <laughs> no, has yeah. never been the strength of Star Wars. Let's put it that way. Historically speaking, yeah. there are not that many well-written Star Wars movies. Yeah. But um, I think one one of my f- first points is if we are going with the top four, I'm going to say... I'm not sure whether I expect this to happen or whether I hope this to happen, but I think maybe part of it, like it's not mostly going to be on Tatooine, but ending there. Because we all know, obviously, Obi-Wan was guarding Luke from uh, Darth Vader and the Empire at large, but I I hope that he it's not just going to be him on this desert planet and just doing various things. Maybe partly because we like I got burned on that by um, Boba, but I think it would be way more interesting to have him 
start somewhere else making his way to Tatooine in the end. Well, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the end of episode three ends with him handing Luke over to Uncle Owen and, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Baru. Baru. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it might start on Tatooine. But the thing is, it's interesting. Much more so than a Boba Fett flashback, does this show actually make sense to be on Tatooine? Mm. But I think actually I have a point as well. One of my points is I'm looking forward to him having a reason to not be on Tatooine. Like whatever yeah. that reason is, I think you need to make this more exciting than just him, you know, twiddling his thumbs in the desert, which I'm sure it won't be. But whether or not something, you know, he leaves, just interesting materials to create a various a varied setting. Right. I wouldn't even mind if he is on Tatooine, but in a place we haven't seen, in a in mm-hmm. a setting that we haven't seen, just something new. I just I'm kind of sick of the widespread. I mean, I'm not sick of because I'll never be sick of it entirely. But where we've gotten over and over and over again this widespread um, desert and Moss Eisley, and now we have a little bit of Moss Espa that looks basically like Moss Moss Eisley. There's no real difference to it, which is another meta problem with the Boba Fett show. But I, I totally agree in terms of we need to have some sort of differentiation in our setting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're basically on the same page with this. Um, yeah, I just want him to not be on Tatooine all the time. I don't want another Boba 2.0. So, um, yeah, I wonder yeah. to what extent they're... I mean, the thing is, by the time the reviews have come out from Boba, which this was a, a criticism of that show, this is too late in the production process. So if they went down this direction and think that all Star Wars fans want is more Tatooine, then we might still ha- get that because they can't change it at that point. But, I mean, that's the, the problem with doing things back to back to back. But I think that from a macro level, this is, in my opinion, th- the most important show they have to get right, even yes. more than the Ahsoka show. Like, the Ahsoka show is our, or my favorite, I'll speak for myself, um, one that's coming that's potentially that's coming out but in terms of the connection to all the mainstream star wars fans and the films and obviously ewan mcgregor as cast as a casting choice like obi-wan is the most important thing that they have to get right so they better get it right damn right so what's your number four or was that kind of yeah also... that was it that was okay, I had the same cool, point. Cool. Yeah. okay kind of um I think my number three, and I'm I'm afraid you're going to snipe me, but uh, I mean it's not snipe, it's not a draft, but still. Um, also, mine aren't ranked, by the way. I'm just doing four. Oh yeah, yeah, mine aren't either. I was just like artificially trying to do that because I thought that's what you wanted. But <laughs> okay, so another thing would be, um, which might go against what I just said about like it not being set on Tatooine all the time. A clash with Darth Maul would be great. Oh my I was God, thinking I have the same point, but I have, a, I have that within a larger point. Yeah, um, and yes. I was thinking about you know, the Pikes are obviously on Tatooine, and Maul is kind of the head of the Pike Syndicate at some point. Not of the Syndicate necessarily, but of various crime organizations. And that not at would this be... point, though, right? Not in the timeline. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, you know, maybe maybe there is some some sort of underworld 
mafia mm-hmm. connection with mall and i just want more mall and i want to i want a live action mall that actually works uh, as it has done so well in uh clone wars for example and yeah that would be so good especially given their history yeah i think you can't to a certain extent what is the other half of obi-wan obviously the one other half is darth vader and the other half is maul and mm. his relationship with maul that's really not really explored in the in the live action materials at all but really really a big part of the animated shows is it's just so crucial he's the other half of the coin and i wonder i think this is one maybe fault of the animated shows in the sense that we've had we have so much already in canon about darth maul that it might be hard to fit in especially mm-hmm. if obi-wan is on tatooine but if obi-wan somehow ventures away from tatooine then we really get the potential for a darth maul conflict uh, but that would be the most exciting i think that would be amazing and on that note that's uh, actually one of my points within a larger point of i want to see potential other jedi users right that are yes. around in this continuity and one that i have on the, my like list fingers crossed i want to see ventress back oh yeah that would be so good yes i love her so much and in the Clone Wars, they do have like a little arc together and it'd be mm-hmm. cool to see their relationship back back and forth. And again, with the underworld, right? And maybe he does go to Coruscant and he has to investigate something or he goes somewhere else. Like all these things are potentials and that he can run into uh, uh, Ventress. So that'd be exciting. And then obviously, obviously, I'll lose my shit if Ahsoka shows up again. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are so many great characters from Clone Wars and also from things that happen later, like a lot of the shows, you know, that could, there could be cameos. But another, I don't want to call it cameo, but kind of callback I would really love to see. And that's my third point is... Some I want to see something about Satine and their romance and relationship that they've had. Um, it's kind of related to Darth Maul, maybe. I mean, how could it not be? But I would just love there to be a live action mention and acknowledgement of that. Because I think, if I'm thinking of Clone Wars, there are a lot of things that I really love. But when I think about Obi-Wan and Clone Wars kind of the f- the most important thing for me is that relationship and that whole arc and so i would love to see some part of that even if it's just a throwaway line i mean not a throwaway line obviously but some sort of mention um not sure i i'd be happy about a flashback but if that's how it goes I- i'd take it but i just want that to be included in the show because i think that just gives so much depth to obi-wan and uh, you know his relationship as well to anakin and you know having grappled with the same thing that he's grappled with and so i think that would just make him such more much more of a multi-dimensional character so i'd be so happy to see that for any of you who haven't seen the clone wars and are spoiler free a yes how dare you b skip ahead like maybe 10 seconds because i'm just going to summarize who satine is because um satine was uh 
the head of Mandalore and uh, Obi-Wan's love interest in the Clone Wars. They had a long history together. And Obi- I mean, Obi-Wan clearly loved her and to the extent where he declared to her that he would have left the Jedi Order for her. And mm-hmm. this kind of, this I think is for an existing character outside of Clone Wars, probably the single most important character development point that happens in the animated shows. There are other things that happen. There are more exciting characters that develop and grow in the animated shows. But in terms of the characters that we know and love, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Yoda, Mace Windu. What? (laughs) (laughs) Your best friend. I know, right? That's an extremely important point for him as well. So I think it would be real just this. I mean, I don't have this on my list. So it's a great point. Thank you for bringing it up because it would be an injustice if they didn't bring up Satine in some way, shape, or form. And I think the only way to do it is flashback. Because, yeah. spoiler alert, she doesn't make it out of the Clone Wars alive. But, oh, in a really heartbreaking scene. Yeah, I know. One of one of the emotional highlights, even though it's a very sad, sad moment. Um, but I think also, like, that opens up the ability because that is something that disney obviously loves to do with the star wars shows in particular is just uh, relating everything to everything else and so you could have bo-katan appear and and Mm -hmm. interact with obi-wan yeah yeah i think that would be actually an interesting uh, way to get him off tatooine potentially and i wouldn't mind it more mandalorians great please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe they even go like something with Moff Gideon or whatever and the Darksaber. Yeah. Something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. See how the Darksaber kind of fell to Moff Gideon's hands. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, no, at this point in continuity, it, no, it's still with Maul because Sabine picks up the the Darksaber from Maul's lair, True. if you remember in Rebels. So it has to be yeah. with Maul somewhere. Yeah. Undathomir, I've tried my best to forget about Rebels, I think. <laughs> oh, man. But no, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of timelines to keep in our heads sometimes. But that'd be interesting. I'd love to see some development on that level. So good point. I guess my next point is more of a question than something I'm expecting. I'm wondering how much Luke do we get? Mm-hmm. I, I hope for your sake it's not much because he's a child at this point. But... <laughs> I can't imagine that'd be too much. And But one thing that would be nice to see is Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru a little bit, just to oh, see yeah. like how they raise him, hit their relationship together. Like, what are they like as people? Because honestly, in episode four, they just, they die so quickly that mm. we're not, we don't really have an investment in them. So it'd be cool to kind of hammer their death home a little bit, see, have it have more emotional stakes with, a a little bit of a relationship between Luke and his foster parents. Yeah. And that would obviously work since, you know, everybody's aged, including the actors who played them in the prequels. Yes. This all works well. This is a great time to be making this show. The only question is how are they going to age him to look like Alec Guinness by the end of this show? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a seamless transition and like start where episode four starts. Good point. But I mean, that's a really big transition (laughs) for 19 years. 
the desert sun, man. It's a, it's a harsh sun for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Harsh on the skin. And they don't have like sunscreen in the Star Wars universe, right? No, no you can't just smear blue milk onto, onto it. That I mean, you work. can try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you even get it to Tatooine? It's difficult. The Force. Um, <laughs> he answered sure. everything. Wor- works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's your last point? My last point is, it's, and that's not a surprise. I just want to see Obi-Wan grapple with the demise of the Jedi Order and his role in it. About everybody that he knew and loved and worked with and lived with. And obviously it's Yoda and and Anakin and, you know, possibly Ahsoka. But also, you know, all the numerous other Jedi um and yeah, as you said, it would be great to see other force users and maybe some some uh you know Jedi survivors who then maybe die or something like that. Um you know, that that would be great and just him grappling with it and that would probably make for a quite a dark episode or arc or de- just like generally depiction of it, but I would love that because he I'm sure. I'm sure. Like the Obi Wan that I envision, anyway, would question himself about what have I done wrong and how could it come to this. I mean, that's a great point. I really think this show has to really start in a dark place because Mm -hmm. the last thing we have is a very dark event, right? And he has to grapple with this to move forward. And I'd love to see his connection with um, potential Jedi survivors, but also one interesting survivor from the grave. I'd love to see a Qui-Gon Jinn appearance here. Ooh, yes. Because I would be at all the end that. of episode three, Yoda says to Obi-Wan that he has training for him, mm-hmm. how to commune with the, oh, what is it called? The cosmic force, that's it. Mm-hmm. And this is what Qui-Gon kind of approaches Yoda with in, in Clone Wars. And this is something that I think Obi-Wan has to... We have to see this training. I mean, because by the end... We don't have to, obviously. But it'd be great to see this training. Because by in the end of Star Wars, he's... In episode four, by that point, he knows how to transcend life. Or transcend death, I guess. And it'd be great to kind of... Uh, I go on that ride with Obi Wan as well. That's such a good point. Yeah. I would, also, I would... like Liam Neeson, please. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about a, 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 an actor who's aged well. Yeah, Liam Neeson as a Force Ghost. <laughs> just sign me up any day. Absolutely, and like just like Qui Gon as a character as well. For all the terrible writing that exists in uh, in the prequels, it's kind of still a great character. I, I think, I mean, the fact that he died early helped. Spoiler of course, right. of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the fact that he just ignored all of the slaves, all of yeah. the slavery on Tatooine and just took one and basically abducted a child or bought a child or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, my last point, I guess my last thing that I'm expecting to see, and I kind of went chalk here, is how does he evade imperial detection Mm -hmm. they're they're clearly looking for force users and if not very specifically obi-wan because darth vader knows he's alive so what's going on how does he kind of not 
be seen or found by anyone for 19 years. Maybe that's not true. Maybe he does come into contact with people and then manages to escape, but somehow they don't find out he's on Tatooine. He doesn't cut himself off from the Force entirely. I mean, in Rebels, we see him you know, take down Maul in probably one of the biggest, best highlights of Rebels. But Absolutely. So he still has his Force abilities. So it's interesting, like, because Luke, for example, cuts himself off from the Force entirely so no one can find him. And I think this is a very different scenario here. I don't think he would do that, or he, he doesn't do that. So how does he avoid detection? What's going on in terms of his anonymity on Tatooine or wherever else he goes? So I'm excited to see that, or I think I'm expecting to see that. You know what's really shocking to me is that neither, I don't know, maybe you've considered that, but neither of us has mentioned Thrawn. Oh, interesting. That's a really interesting question. I don't think Thrawn is a big part of this or would be a big part of this. Mm, I, think I guess he it, comes later in the timeline. Yeah, I think if anything, we see Inquisitors, not Thrawn, yeah. because that's their whole job. Thrawn is more kind of... Maybe he's still in the Imperial Academy. I mean, he could show up, for sure. I mean, I'd see... There's a higher chance we see Tarkin than Thrawn. Because yeah. he's higher up in the high, he's higher up in the hierarchy. Works closer with Vader, um, but it's I think as I understand it, Palpatine tasked Vader and his Inquisitors to find the Jedi or the surviving Jedi. So I think, if anything, that's what we would see. That's a very good point. Yeah, I think I think, I think you're spot on. I'm I'm always just like, as you were talking earlier, I, I was just thinking about oh, what about Thrawn though. I mean, that would be amazing. I don't yeah. think... The thing is also, Thrawn is a huge shoe to drop, and I yeah. think they're going to save that for the Ahsoka show. Yeah, or Mando 3. Exactly. Like yeah, because yeah, because we got that by Ahsoka in Mando. So yes, absolutely. it has to come there. Yeah. All right. So Here we it's, are. It's only a few days. And I can't wait to watch this show and I can't wait to talk to you about this. It's so cool that we're going to get to talk about Star Wars again. We've It's been kind of a long break. I think this is the longest we've not talked about Star Wars in more than two years. <laughs> so, uh, And I've missed this. So. I've missed it too. I think this is where we're... You, to, ask, to answer a question you asked me at some point, I don't know if it was on or off air... At this point, it all bleeds together. But where yes. are we when we're at our best? And I think Star Wars is kind of at the top of the list there. Yeah, absolutely. And so stay tuned. May the force be with you. And we're going we're gonna to talk about an Obi-Wan live action show. Isn't this crazy? Chills, Chris. Chills. All right. So if you liked what you heard and want to support the show, Chris, how can you do that? Or how can listeners do that? That was a weird sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give us uh, five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to reach out, contact us, send us a free lightsaber. <laughs> uh, go to our website, seriallyhook.com, where you can uh, just find all of our contact information. That's probably the easiest way to do that. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.